Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The new movie, Gran Turismo, based on a true story, is based on an unbelievable tale of a team of unlikely underdogs, a struggling working-class gamer, a failed former driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive come together and risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. Directed by Neil Blomkamp, the movie features an incredible cast, led by David Harbour, alongside Orlando Bloom. Jaiman Hansu, Jerry, Halliwell Horner, and Archie Medekwe as Jan Martinborough. You're going to see some of those famous racing competitions in the world recreated through the use of actual Nissan GTs, drones, and best of all, mwah, practical effects. We love to see it. In fact, the race sequences are so realistic that the real-life driver, Jan Martinborough, actually served as the stunt driver for the film. The bottom line is this is a movie that needs to be seen on the big screen. Gran Turismo, based on a true story, is an inspiring, thrilling, and action-packed story that proves that anything is possible when you're fueled from within. Gran Turismo, based on a true story, in theaters exclusively this August 11th. Get your tickets today, rated PG-13. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here, reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at snaps monday through thursday one eastern new central on amp download it and come hang out with us today hey what's up everybody welcome back to a brand new episode of snaps once again unfortunately not live today will not be live next week we'll be back after that and um we, we tested out some new streaming tech before the show and i'm not gonna lie I'm really excited for it. So when we do get back live, I think we're going to be bigger and better than ever. I am one of your hosts, T-Bob Bear, joined as always uh, by the ultra-attractive SEC record holder, QB1 himself, Mr. Aaron Murray. What's up, Aaron? What's up? Yeah, before this new streaming service gets going here in a couple weeks, 
oh, we're just have to clean up that beer tea, Bob. Just just it trim it up a little bit, clean it. Um, I may I may go the next week without shaving and see what I look why, like. Why do I we'll look see. so patchy? We'll see. I look patchy today. Like, what's this yeah. right here? It's like barely connecting to my mustache and my beard, a tenuous connection at best, which I, I, I look sloppy today. We're just going to, you know yeah, what? Let's just call a spade a spade. So if you're mm-hmm. listening on podcasts, good for you. You're not having to look at my just aggressively unkempt face. Aaron does this thing with his facial hair where he somehow it's grown at all different lengths throughout different parts of his face, but it somehow looks cohesive. Right. Like it's strong on the chin and the upper lip. It's a little lighter along the cheeks. It's almost yes. a borderline chin strap, but it's not like it's it's actually a work of art. And, and you know, how like when you see like a like a beautiful soccer pitch or like like the baseball Ooh. field from the all star game yeah. and the grass is like different colors and perfectly manicured. That's like essentially your beard. It's very impressive. I really want to grow this in like the cheek part. Um. This is as much as it's going to go. Like, I won't shave really? for another week and it will still be this late. Yeah. So you have you ever tried to just work through the awkward phase? I'm going that's what I'm trying to try to do. I'm guaranteeing when we go live stream in, in, okay. in 10 days, it will look the same. Uh okay. Well, should I leave um, should I leave this 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 gray right here? Or should I dye this? That's that's the question I have right now. I don't know. I haven't had to deal with grays really yet, but I'm um I think I'm a fan of them, but then again, like I never thought I would care about going bald. And then uh, one year I thought I was going bald and I freaked out and it was, it was just bad. So I, I, I don't know how exactly I'm going to react, uh, but uh, I, I think that grays make you look wise personally. And like, especially like with your facial structure, like a little salt and pepper Clooney. Okay. Hold on. We got to say this stuff for the end of the show. Cause we got a lot to get to today. Okay. First off, Massive news in the Big 12 Pac-12 drama. We got a little uh, extension for a major Pac-12 coach. Uh, We got some ACC Florida State rumors. Heavy, heavy on the rumors there. Um, I'm going to name some top interior offensive linemen and probably what promises to be the most boring segment of the show, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, And then we're going to look at some of the most expensive game day experiences in college football, which uh, some of the members on this list are going to shock you. Um, first, though, Aaron, the massive news yesterday, Breck McMurphy X'd it first, at least that's where I first saw it, um, that Colorado was uh, expected to jump ship from the Pac-12 and rejoin the Big 12 next season. Uh, now, as of the time of this recording, the Big 12 chancellors and presidents have all gotten together. They've unanimously voted to add Colorado. Uh, I don't think it's, it, it may have happened and maybe I missed it today. It's Thursday around noon central, July 27th. And today, Colorado is supposed to be formally applying for Big 12 membership. All that takes is an email. But essentially, remember, Brett Yormark, commissioner of the Big 12, talked about this. He wanted to hi- he wanted to target the Pac-12's four corners. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. And the first of the four-corner dominoes has fallen. Prime in Colorado will be heading back to the Big 12. Well, this is huge for for the Big 12. Uh, Who knows how long Dion's going to be at Colorado, but you get Dion, who is a massive brand in himself. Like, what is the lure of Colorado right now? Why is Colorado all over everyone's Utah? It's because Dion. Dion sells. Dion's sexy. Dion's going to get views. For the Pac-12, who currently right now is is renegotiating some deal that is supposed to come out every month for the past six months that has yet to come out, you lose one of your biggest personalities. I would say one of your bigger selling points with Deion Sanders, not Colorado, but Deion Sanders. So that's that's a whole something we'll get into as well as is the Pac-12 officially now really really dead. But when it comes to Colorado making the move to the Big Twelve. It's a smart move, man. It really is. When you look at the security yeah. right now of of these conferences, the Big Ten, the SEC, they're 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 behemoths. There are Godzilla and King Kong. They are going to run college football. Who else is left? Well, the Big Twelve looks like they can survive. ACC, yep. those teams want to get the hell out of there. They just can't. I don't know if that's like living or dying or just being in purgatory. There, I guess you can call them huh, in purgatory. Purgatory. Right there you go. Yeah. Uh, the Pac-12 is dying. And and there is no media right. So these 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 teams they want security. They, they want to know that our our games are going to be on national television, not just streamed. They want to know that money is going to be coming through the door. 
and that they're going to be able to build a successful program going forward. So for Colorado, this was a smart move. For the Pac-12, it's the first domino of, I, I, not really the first one, the first dominoes were last year with USC and UCLA. This is now the second domino of what I would say is going to be the ultimate demise of the Pac-12. I would not be surprised uh, if you see one, if not two more Pac-12 teams end up leaving to go to the Big 12, which would then turn into the Big 16, correct? Big 16? Yes. Yeah, 16. Well, no, but well, because Big 12 is going to lose two, and then I think they want to add four, which would put them at 16. Today, they're at 14, but Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave, which will bump back down to 12. So with Colorado, they're up to 13. Um, so you mentioned having no media rights deal, and that that's kind of funny. Uh, I got a really bad joke here. They don't have any media rights, but they do have a meteorite heading towards them because extinction is coming, right? Um, okay, okay. I use a bit of a reach. Um, here's the deal. We could call the first domino. We call it the first of the four horsemen of the apocalypse of the Pac-12 because what I think you're going to witness, if I had to guess, is the beginning of a pretty vicious cycle. And it all does center around the meteorite deal, right? Where... We've heard about it all the way. Remember back in Arizona, in March, it was when the yeah. Arizona president had that quote that we talked about on the show where it was like, uh, you know, we think we're going to get a bigger deal with the Pac-12, but we should have it in a couple of weeks. And it didn't coalesce. There's a lot of frustration expressed at Pac-12 media days, especially from Colorado on no hard numbers coming out. Uh, you had the CW suddenly striking a deal with the ACC following the collapse of Bally. Like, like so much has gone wrong. And what it meant is that the timeline has been shrinking and shrinking. Like the Pac-12's TV deal is up 11 months from now. It is incredibly rare to get within a year of a TV deal being up and not have a new one in place. So Colorado says finally, okay, you know what? You're not going to do it. I'm out. The problem with the Pac-12 is now any deal that you were on the edge of making just lost value, therefore has to be reworked. Therefore, needs additional time to get done. Therefore, incentivizing other schools to do the same stuff, jump ship and repeat the process once again. And and so that's why you call it a domino, snowball, whatever you want to say. There is a potential chain reaction here that could result in the death of the Pac-12. And maybe like one of the most realistic pathways that you could see is the four corners, certainly because that's who the Big 12 is making their push for, the schools that we named. Um Washington and Oregon eventually finding their way to like the Big Ten. But the Big uh, Ten, I mean, according as of right now, the the Big Ten is is content. The Big Ten doesn't want to add any more schools because that that was always my big thing, and I I still think that is is going to happen. It's a school like Oregon and Washington, who I would say view themselves as powerhouses, especially Oregon. Oregon has built yeah. a pretty damn good brand, especially with football. the The thought of them, and I guess it would have to be you know almost like a survival mode here. Because if the Big Ten say, no, we're good now, would you rather stick it out with the Pac-12 or would you rather make sure you get, I think that's the next thing too, like would you rather make sure you get a spot in the Big 12? Like right now the Big 12, you know, that's an odd number, it's 13. They're they're not going to stay at 13. They're either going to add one more to get the 14 or they're going to add three more to get the 16. Yeah. All of a sudden now the discussion, if I am a Pac-12 team is, do I want to be left out of the equation if I'm Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, who maybe don't have um the 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 lore of Oregon or Washington to to go to a Big 10 to to get attracted by the the big conferences if i don't jump ship now and Oregon and Washington do then we're deep doo doo cuz then where do those teams go where do yeah, they no, go I, I think that's I guess the question that's a good point so like, right like yeah. if they hear so, so whispers for Oregon that or- and Washington yeah. if so i think this is for all the teams if 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 the Big 10 truly is content where they are right now and they don't want to expand then all of a sudden, Oregon and Washington have the conversation of if 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 there is if that isn't an avenue, do we need to go to the Big Twelve and say, hey, you know, we'll play ball. We'll be two two more teams of of the three you're looking for uh, to to round off that sixteen. What about the SEC? Why not? I don't think the SEC wants a footprint on the West Coast. I don't think they need one. I don't. I don't think there there is any push for them to go to the West Coast. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I I take all these statements about being, you know, we're comfortable with that right now. I, I I struggle to maybe take them 
at face value because I feel like if they think it makes economical sense that they would add these teams. So that's that's the question. Because yeah. in theory, by adding teams, you have to juice up the overall contract. Otherwise, you're going to uh, reduce the amount of payouts that each school gets. Although I did talk to Ross Dellinger this morning from Yahoo Sports, and he mentioned that in joining some of these other conferences because of that, if it gets desperate enough for like an Oregon or Washington, one of the other schools, if it gets desperate enough, they can agree to a deal where they would accept a lesser than payout for the first couple of years uh, yeah. before they rework some contracts or add more overall money. But like, I, I guess, I mean, look again, I mean, a, lesser, a lesser a, payout, a lesser payout would still be more than what they're getting at the PAC 12. So, I yeah. mean, if you're Oregon and Washington and, 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 and you're going to get, what is it? Mid twenties, low thirties right now. And the sec big 10 are getting, you know, close to $80 million a year. I mean, would it would be worth it to go to one of those conferences and get fifty million dollars a year? And this is where I would love to talk to like a a sports business expert because I yeah. wonder if for somebody like the SEC, does the TV market of the Pacific Northwest represent enough value to make such a drastic move? Like, is there any temptation there? It's certainly you're, you're right about the Big Twelve. Like that would be if the Big Twelve wants to aim high. That's who I would go after first. And then get to Arizona, Arizona State, I'm, Utah, I'm maybe play about, the sides off one another. I'm worried about the SEC for for obviously the, the geographic land, the mindset of the entire thing, but also who's going to own the entire SEC? ESPN is. What is ESPN trying to figure out right now? I mean, they just laid off 80,000 people. They just cut a bunch of personalities off ESPN. So like the thought, I think they're still trying to figure out this whole streaming world. They're trying to figure out if yeah. they're going to sell part of Disney to Amazon or to Apple. So I, I don't know if they right now want to take on that extra burden at the moment. I don't think that's a good partner. As like I said, they're they're trying to figure out if they're even going to own ESPN uh, or the majority of ESPN in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, they got to figure out their Disney Plus business model. Yep. It's insane that they lost as much money on Disney Plus as they did. Um they ran into a weird situation where, you know, they had people kind of on these from a more legacy old school time in media. They had these on air personalities locked up to really, really big deals that maybe are harder to justify in this day and age. So, yeah, you're right. It's 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 weird timing for all this to go down, considering what a mm. what a kind of uh, retractive spot the purchasing market seems to be in when it comes to TV rights. But I just don't uh, think there's don't, a lot I, more I, money out there. I don't think there's yeah. I don't, I, I, it's hard for me to feel like. Disney slash ABC, ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS, or the Big Ten have any more juice to put towards essentially giving more money to these conferences to add more teams? Well, we'll see. Because every subsequent year, it feels like live sports are the only things that people show up live for anymore, which obviously drives up the value massively because all of a sudden your advertisements are actually being watched where if you're just paying for traditional TV advertising, like it's just not happening anymore. Nope. Um, so within all this, we, we talked to Oregon. So again, Colorado's official. I don't know how it's going to shake out. It'll go a million different ways. Maybe like Oregon state, Washington state, some of these schools end up joining the mountain West. Maybe you have like a Stanford go independent Cal. Like this could go a ton of different directions, you, but what, what, have you heard the rumors of, of ACC pack 12 merging? No, I've heard, I have not. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a uh an ultimate survivor move of of making it one mega conference that stretches from the East Coast to the West Coast of ACC and Pac-12 uniting together to to stay alive essentially. So, interesting thing about that is a couple of things off the top of my head. First off, if anybody joins the ACC, then the gloves are off in terms of teams being able to leave. So you do open yourself up to getting your better brands rated. Uh, the other interesting part is that would be an ironic end to this saga for the Pac-12, considering, remember, and that's where this all gets so beautiful and juicy and dramatic, is that a year ago, or two years ago maybe now, the Big 12 was lying on the floor, bleeding out, having been stabbed by the SEC. And they looked to their two alliance partners in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and they said, please help us. We're in this thing together, right? We talked about it. And as they handed, as they held their bloody hand out to the Pac-12, what did the Pac-12 do? It turned away. No help. 
And they, and they thought for sure that the Big Ten would die and go away and they would be able to pick up the corpse and, and raid their lands. But what did the Big 12 do? They fucking somehow found a way. And now it is the Pac-12 who lies bloody, reaching out for help. And it is the Big 12 that says, not today, my friend. Give me your shit. It is a just Shakespearean turning of the tables. And it's kind of beautiful, actually, quite frankly. Um, so one of the schools, Aaron, that is going to be heavily affected by this are the Oregon Ducks. And there was an interesting move made today that at least should keep Oregon what they think to be pretty stable and relevant through these turbulent times. Dan Lanning getting a big extension to stay in Oregon, uh, getting his base salary bumped from 4.6 to 7 million per year. That deal is through 2028. It will rise to 8 million per year by 2028. And uh, if he's ever fired during the deal, he gets 100% of the remaining contract. So right now, it's 45 mil over six years. Okay, so whatever. if he gets fired, you got to pay him the rest of it. Here's the interesting bit. His buyout to leave, if you want to go to the pros, go to another school, anytime is $20 million. Mm. So Oregon's saying, look, man, we'll commit to you, but you got to commit to us. And it makes sense because Oregon suffered, you know? They had Chip Kelly leave for the NFL. You have Willie Taggart leave after just a year for FSU, which probably bullet dodge, but you didn't feel that at the time. Um, you had Mario Cristobal leave for, for Miami, and Cristobal did better at Oregon, but still potential bullet dodge. And so now they're saying, look, we're sick of this. Phil Knight's like, I'm done with this. I'm I'm, I'm rich as hell. Like, no, no, Oregon is a place where it should be a stepping stone. You should be willing to stay here. Yep. And Dan Lanning says, okay, man, I like it up here. I'm in. Uh, I think it's great for him. I, I I don't know if he could get in the next two or three years, you know, maybe in three years, if he continues at this pace, maybe an offer from from a, a school in a bigger conference. But I think Oregon is a place you stay at. Like, I, I'm with you in the sense of you look at Oregon, you look at the success they've had, you look at the brand they've built, you look at the location, you look at, you know, they're, they're, they're backing through Phil Knight. And, you, and you're like, why can't you live a good life here? And I think that the biggest thing yeah. is just the conference, plain and simple. Like, it's it's the conference and it's the resources that the conference can give you. So, I I, I think Lanning too looks at the 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 landscape, and I think Oregon kind of does too. And they know who they are. They know they're a very attractive suitor. They know they bring a ton of value. If if people can figure out if if these networks can figure out how to. Uh, this whole TV revenue when it comes to timing of, of games on the West Coast, I think that they could and should make a jump to the Big Ten. I still think that, to me, is going to happen. If if, if you ask me today, where do you see Oregon and Washington in two years, I would say I still see them being a part of the Big Ten, um, especially if, if some other moves you know happen across the country, especially in the ACC, if, if we do figure out some grant of rights uh, and those schools being able to get out of it. Um, but I think he's. Well, I think one, he's a great coach. He showed us in year one that he could he can handle the job. I think he's only going to get better at it. Um, and I do think it's a smart move by Oregon locking him up and essentially forcing him to commit to them for a long time. So this is turbulent times for for teams and coaches. Um, so the more you can kind of solidify that partnership together, yes. I think the better for everyone. I, exactly. I think that's that's the overall point here is amidst these turbulent waters, I think both sides appreciate having yep. a uh, kind of a a solid home base through which to navigate exactly what's coming, because who knows exactly what's coming, what we were just touching on. In fact, Aaron, um, this next story that we're going to talk about, I would put what? Oh, one other. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I want to ask you this question. Yeah. So these new deals with the SEC Big Ten start next year. I mean, that's when mm -hmm. I don't think... When, and by the way, that is when Colorado joins. I don't know if I did a good job yes, explaining that. Yes, uh, they join yes. next season because that Pac-12 deal is, or, is about to end. Sorry. I think the, the, the question is, when is Oregon and Washington going to start feeling the impact of the dollar difference that the Big Ten and SEC? Is it is it after year one? Is it two or three years down the line? Like To me, that's when we go back to, like you said, like I want to talk to someone who's, you know, a lot more smart when it comes to the finances. Like, when do we truly expect this to really start hurting Oregon football being a part of the Pac 12 or the Big 12, knowing that the teams that you're trying to fight to win a national championship are essentially making double what you're making every single year? So that's where this gets interesting, right? 
to your point, you, you've, you've just explained the friction here. Why would they re-up on another Pac-12 deal? Like, if you want to get out, now is the time to get out. So, so I mean, I, I think we would be naive to think that these conversations aren't already taking place. Like, you have a free pass to leave the same way that Colorado just did. And if you stick around and you sign another TV deal, you could potentially get fucking buried. Because then you're yeah. right. Then you're talking about five years of a $20 million deficit that you're trying to overcome. 20, How like realistic is that? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Even, you know, even, yeah. even worse. So, yeah. um, no, I mean, that, that, that's why, like, you could see one of these schools, like, kind of Ross posited, maybe going somewhere and accepting a less than payout in the short term because long term it will work out and keep them more competitive. So, no, it's like a, it is truly like a shit or get off the pot time for all these mm -hmm. Pac-12 teams. And it's tough, man. A lot of tough decisions to be made, a lot of jockeying, you know, a lot of Game of Thrones being played yeah. in the behind-the-scenes uh, mm. college football boardrooms. Um, this next story I would uh, describe as being very, very, very message board, anonymous poster level of rumor, Okay. Or uh, as Brum told us before the show, you know, people are saying, um, take this with a heavy grain of salt. I don't know if there's any legs here. I don't know if there's any truth here. But Aaron, is there uh are there maybe some some whispers out there uh, that FSU could be still trying to potentially find a way out of the ACC? I will reiterate what T Bob said. These are heavy, heavy rumors. But yes, I've heard from a couple people now that um are familiar with the program that they're they are just like a lot of people in the ACC trying any way to get out of this deal. And, and obviously they, they seem to be stalemated because this, this contract is, is uh, essentially bulletproof at the moment for them to get out of the, the grant of rights. But essentially they're just going to say, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to take a massive loan out, underwrite it based on the money that we, we are going to make being a part of the big 10 or the SEC. And we're just going to buy out of this damn thing. Even if it costs us mm. North of a hundred million dollars. And mm. in the long run, just like you alluded to, in the short term, you take a hit, but in the long run, would you rather be stuck in the ACC till 2034? Or would you rather take a massive hit in the first, the next three or four years? Essentially, take once again, take a loan out to, to, to deal with that, knowing that you're going to be able to pay it off and then be on top in a way shorter, shorter term than waiting for another 10 years to get out of this contract. So, to me, oh. it's a legitimate conversation of just bite the bullet now, knowing in four or five years, you're going to be making money with the big boys and a part of a better conference. Now, going back to the heavy, heavy, heavy rumor part of this, because like that's not hard to believe. And again, we got no. to understand, like, again, these conversations are taking place everywhere. You would yep. be doing yourself a disservice if you're not having these shadow talks behind the scenes, if you're Clemson, if you're anybody else. Like, everybody needs to be exploring options. It doesn't make it real. It doesn't make it likely, but it doesn't make it, you know, I, I say that to say it's not hard to believe this stuff's going on. Uh, JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. 
Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um speaking with the heavy, heavy rumor uh qualifier, what conference are you hearing they're kind of angling towards? Big Ten. See, now that's weird. Which now that is that weird. that would shock me. That's right from two different people. It was it, it was shocked me hearing that it was the Big Ten that they would try to be involved with more than huh. the SEC. I don't know if it's if it's a, you know, there's already an SEC team in the state with Florida. Um, you know, we feel that we'd be maybe better positioned to be part of a different conference, even though they're they're you know they share the the state of Florida with Miami when it comes to the ACC. So I don't know why that would be any different. Uh, if it's a sense of we feel like we can compete a little bit more that in that conference compared to the SEC, because maybe we have a different type of athlete that 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 that. Um, we feel like can win more games. I view them as more of an SEC team if they made the switch. I think that would be a better move. But maybe they've had some backdoor talks too, where the Big Ten is saying, "Hey, you know, we've already expanded our footprint to the West Coast. Yeah. We got USC, we got UCLA. We would want to expand our footprint to the state of Florida by bringing in a Florida state, where the SEC may say, "Hey, man, we really don't care. We already have Florida. We already feel like yeah. we've locked up the Southeast." Do we really need to add another another team to the Southeast? Where I think the Big Ten is looking more national right now, and it would make sense for them to add a team that, from the state of Florida. I kind of agree. I'm not speaking yeah. for all sports, but when it comes to football, where travel's not that big of an issue, right? Like you can afford to travel, the conference can. Um, the SEC's kind of like braggadocious, like we're contiguous. I don't, I don't get what the value is, like. Okay, all your states touch. Big fucking deal. Like, 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 why? Like, to me, that's why FSU joining the Big Ten almost makes more sense because, like you said, the SEC already has a Southeast on lock. Like, yeah. FSU is just another uh, drop in the bucket, right? It's, it's another uh, piece of the painting that's already been colored in, being colored over mm -hmm. once again. Whereas for the Big Ten, it represents breaking into an entirely new area and then maybe like a Clemson. Yeah comes along mm -hmm. or something in the same way that a UCLA did. So I had never thought about that before, but it does make um, a bit of sense. Uh, Aaron, we got some breaking news uh -oh. from Cameron Salerno seven minutes ago on CBSSports.com. Big 10 Media Day is going on right now. Jim Harbaugh says J.J. McCarthy is a once-in-a-generational QB. Compares huh. him to Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Saying, quote, I searched my memory for someone who's been a first-time starter, had a better first year as a first-time starter. I can't come up with one. He's a once-in-a-generational type of quarterback at Michigan. He would go on to say, I think there's some comparison to Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, oh. and I know there are others that have that level of talent plus at the quarterback position to do anything for that team. I base that off of watching the way that Patrick Mahomes interacts with his teammates, what he says about his teammates and what they say about him. Josh Allen, same thing. How about that, dude? He says he sees that in JJ every single day. Aaron, mm -hmm. do you take Jim Harbaugh face value here? 
I don't, man. And why the hell why? would you say that about your quarterback? Why would you put your quarterback on the same category of of the best quarterbacks in the world? Like, don't put that pressure on him, man. Just say all you got to say is, listen, he had a great freshman year. He was he was he was instrumental for our team to get to where we got to to beat Ohio State for a second year to win back to back Big Ten championships, and we knew that he had to get even better if we want to make our next goal to go to a national championship. And he made those strides this year. We're excited to see what he can do. Don't fucking compare him to the best quarterback in the world. Don't uh, put that pressure on JJ McCarthy to feel like he needs to go be Patrick Mahomes for this team next year. I, I just, I don't like it. One, it's, it's BS. Unless this kid got incredibly. I mean, you more, didn't know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. You know, no, I agree, but we know what Patrick Mahomes is right now. He's not, you know, Josh Patrick Allen Mahomes. was Josh Allen coming out of college. He's not comparing him to those quarterbacks in college. He's comparing to those guys, what they are right now in the NFL. Fair. So, um, but very different. You know, that's a pretty soft take from you, Aaron, considering you're constantly decrying the softness of the modern generation. What do you want Harbaugh to coddle him? Or do you want Harbaugh to saying juice your fucking him. guy up and hold him to a high standard and say, yeah, you know what? I Harbaugh knows quarterback. I mean, that's a, more a than a high standard. He's more, in the Colts more than ring a of honor. High standard. It's a more I have no than idea a high standard. why he's in the Colts ring of honor, but he is as a quarterback. And so the man knows, and, and that just tells me that, like, okay, J.J. McCarthy is set to have a massive breakout season. The same way that I think about Jaden Daniels, like here is someone that maybe I felt like the story was always already written, but there's there's just a ton more growth than I've maybe given him credit for. No. Can he get better? Hell yeah. And he got better every game last year. I, I've said it multiple times on the show, like the J.J. McCarthy we saw from the early in the season to the, the quarterback we saw you know, fight his way back first TCU and make it a competitive game. Even after throwing a couple pick sixes to me, I was like, man, this kid is matured. He's gotten better. You know, the way through the ball versus Ohio state, the way through the ball versus TCU. I was like, I've, I've actually seen a guy grow up as a quarterback, not just an athlete, but as a quarterback. So I would hope and anticipate that he took that into the off season and yes, got better as a thrower. But if he got as good as, fucking, you know, those guys that he talked about in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, then, you know, Michigan's going to be unstoppable this year. Uh, they now, would be. Okay. I mean, if if JJ got that good with the team that, that he has around him, Michigan will be unstoppable. I just don't think he got that much better. I will see improvement. I I will say that, but that that's that's a little too uh fairy tale story for me. So, it does it does seem like he's saying more that, you know, they that, that they're similar in raw talent, which to be fair, I don't know if McCarthy has the the arm strength of of those guys, but but they both do bring a lot of uh, varied skill set to the table. But it does look like he's also really just praising JJ McCarthy as a leader since he goes about since he goes since, since he goes into like uh, talking about how Mahomes and Allen interact with their teammates, what their teammates say about them, and that he sees the same thing out of McCarthy. I mean, this feels makes me feel very good, quite honestly, yeah. about picking Michigan to beat Georgia eventually. Uh, because I don't think anybody's saying that about Carson Beck. You know, you, you fucking have beat Georgia in your office somewhere. Like you have a beat Georgia what 10 are you talking about? meditation period because you everything is always about beat Georgia, beat Georgia, beat Georgia. Fucking beat Georgia, beat Georgia. Like that's all you care about. You're obsessed no, with beating Georgia. No, no, You're I just with it. I just uh, again, guys. It's I have no anti-Georgia bone in my body. Every time I played Georgia, I whooped their ass. Um, as as a fan, I've I've, I've seen uh, LSU whoop their ass a bunch. Like I have no bone to grind here, axe to grind here, bone to pick. I just don't think they're going to win a third national championship in a row, and everybody else fucking does. They all think they're going to. It's over. How does it? How do they not win it? Because a team like Michigan has Patrick Mahomes a quarterback, aka JJ McCarthy. Okay, so you know I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that that uh, Stetson Bennett ain't coming through that door. That's all I'm saying. Carson, um, <laughs> Carson fucking Beck. Hell yeah, man. Hell you yeah. know what's so funny? Somehow that became my name in college, Aaron fucking Murray. Like every time anyone ever, <laughs> anyone ever saw me, like in the street or like in class, besides like teachers, like, 
hey, it's Aaron fucking Murray. I'm like, what? it's just Aaron Murray. <laughs> My middle name's not fucking. It's just Aaron Well, it, it's Murray. probably because syllabically it's got a great rhythm because it's yeah. it's one, two, one, two, one, two. It's like you're chopping your feet. Aaron fucking yeah. Murray, right? It, it only works if you have a four-syllable name. Like uh, if you had like... Um, I don't I don't know. That's bad. You, you get what I'm saying. Uh, all right. Are you ready for the most boring part of today's show, Aaron? Are you taking this over? Are you taking this? One? I'm going to list five great oh. interior linemen that I have plagiarized oh, wow. directly from a Dane Brugler athletic article scouting interior offensive linemen. This wow. is what I like to call a little water cooler prep. If you want to seem like a college football hardo, you don't have to know shit. You just drop these names and people are going to be like, oh, shit, man, that guy knows. knows. Okay. So, okay. So, like, first name, easy one to remember because it's very odd. Zach Zinter. Okay. A 6'5 guard from Michigan. Key, just say, oh, you know, that Zinter kid at Michigan. Absolute beast. You know, he's part of those back-to-back Joe Moore lines. I mean, come on, dude. Zach Zinter from Michigan. Number two on the list, Cooper Beebe. From Kansas State. He's like me. He's got little short 31-inch arms, but he's a fucking dog. 6'3", 330. Help clear in the way. So if you're talking to your Big 12 friends, you're like, I like Kansas State to win the conference. Why? You're like, I mean, you ever watch Cooper Beebe block a power? Bro, I guess not, because it's amazing. Uh, Number three on this list. Donovan Jackson, Ohio State, 6'4", 300. Probably the best athlete on the list. That's what I was read. That's what you say. Best athlete on the list. Number four on this list, Troy Fatanu out of Washington. How about that? You love Michael Penix Jr. like I do? You're going to be a little husky boy? Just know he's got Troy Fatanu protecting him up front, and that should make you feel pretty good, okay? How do you take advantage of offensive skill, guys? If you have great coverage up front, that's where Troy comes in. And then number five from my favorite school that I'm going to be pissed at in about five more minutes, Zach Frazier from West Virginia. Now, this cat has some juice, Aaron. West Virginia, 6'2 and a half, 310 center, perfect size. How about this? Four time state champion wrestler in high school. Only Ooh, lost two wrestling. I mean, bro, if you want to talk about the, who, the, the, the guys who are the actual fucking beasts at pass blocking, it's the wrestlers. And that's Zach Frazier. So again, Zach Zenter, Michigan, Cooper BB, Kansas State, Donovan Jackson, Ohio State. Troy Fatanu, Washington, and Zach Frazier, West Virginia. You say those names, you're going to automatically get a little um, legitimacy behind your college football takes. Uh, also, Beautiful for all that talk of that Georgia O-line, not a Georgia player to be seen. You know, I don't know. What do I know? They work together as a unit. I don't care about one good player on an offensive line. I need five good guys. Well, obviously, you've together. never watched Zach Zinter because he's pretty good as a unit. They won back-to-back Joe Morris. Okay, all four Aaron, come fucking on. guys. All four guys, that guy. Um, now we arrive at the final segment for today, and that is a 247 article that some have deemed questionable and perhaps its accuracy, but they looked at, they added up the cost of two tickets, two soft drinks, two beers, two hot dogs. Um, what, what, what are the most expensive game day experiences in college football? Uh, number 10 on this list, the Huskers, because of course it is you're paying for a premium experience. Okay. You want to, I mean, there's. Nothing else to do in Lincoln. So, like, they're the hottest ticket in town. Nebraska, gonna everything I just named, an average cost of $229. Right in front of the Aaron, your Georgia Bulldogs. Makes sense. Back-to-back Natty Champs, right? $230 yep. per. Um, number eight on this list, and this is where it starts to get a bit funky, UCLA. At no wonder no one wants to go to a game. That's why they That's don't sell out. they got to lower the tickets. It's nothing to do... With the fact that the Rose Bowl is not on campus, there's nothing to do that people don't give a shit about football in California. It's everything to do with the pricing of the tickets. I mean, figure it out, UCLA. Duh. Well, then again, then again, cost of living in California is fucking stupid. So, like, all those dummies are used to paying way more money for anything anyway. Um, I'll be spending all next week in California, so I'll be one of those dummies. Uh, Mississippi State number seven on this list. Starkville, kind of like Lincoln, it is the thing to do, right? So I guess that makes sense. Uh, Clemson, number six, okay, that's that's a group of fans who are used to tithing. So I think it makes all the sense in the world to tithe to your football team. Um, Mizzou, number five on this list, a bit surprised there, but I think I'm probably guilty of not giving Mizzou enough credit. 
for their football love. Well, I think uh, it's the Texas. beers. Like some of these, some of these schools are adding beers into the equation. Like the I think everyone had beer. beers factored in, in no, these prices. No, no, no. Georgia who did, did not have beers? You can't sell beers. No, that's 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 why. So Georgia is two hundred dollars for the the tickets, twenty dollars for parking, and five dollar price tag for two sodas. Wow, and the same price so, for two hot dogs. And some of these schools can sell beer. I think that's where it's jacking up a little bit. Two four sevens adding the food, yeah. the parking, and then two beers on top of that. Yeah, too. as they should, because if you can't sell, that's beers, what I'm just saying. Like that's the difference. That game day experience. That's so eighteen sucks. more dollars. Like if you add Georgia to it with eighteen more dollars, they would so, be okay. They'd be yeah. They'd be they'd be know. like number four. They'd be number four on this list. So Georgia's right expensive as hell. Yeah. 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 Good job. Two thirty plus eighteen is what, Aaron? Let's get there. Two forty-eight. Yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm uh, scrolling, never, asshole. <laughs> number four, number four, Texas. You're right. I do have it written out. Uh, number yeah. four is Texas, of course. I mean, all those kids are so rich; they don't care. Um, and here's where there's a pretty big jump. Texas is two forty-two. Then you get to yeah. Notre Dame at two sixty-one. Again, all those kids seem very rich. I doubt they care. But here's why I put two, this in here. About- Two hot dogs at Notre Dame cost you at sixteen bucks, eighteen eight dollars for a hot dog. Well, yeah, they don't have Come native on, pigs Dame. in Indiana. Come on, um, Notre they, have, they have to source $8 their dollars pigs for a dog. What are we? Yeah, doing? they got they got to source their pigs oh. from out of state. So there's transportation That's... costs involved. Jeez. Um, and here's where we arrive where it really just grinds my fucking gears. Number two on this list, the West Virginia Mountaineers. That's mm. right. That's right. The fucking Mountaineers, the team that the only player you should care about is Zach Frazier, because as we just discussed, he's an absolute monster. But there is no excuse for West Virginia's average game day cost for everything we just named to be $264. The smallest stadium on the list. Okay, they fucking suck. And Neil Brown's going to get fired three games into this season. They're horribly mismanaged from the top on down. They gave Neil Brown the worst contract in the entire country. And now Neil Brown's whining about being picked to finish last in the Big 12. Well, fucking win something, Neil Brown. Unbelievable. West Virginia, I really feel a kinship with them because that is a state and a university that feels just as mismanaged as the state of Louisiana, which I call home. That is pathetic that West Virginia would not only, I mean, it's not a rich state. Right, it's not Notre Dame student body. It's not the Texas student body. The fact that Western Union put that product on the field and charge the fans that prices legitimately infuriates me. I ridiculous. Love the energy. Hey, if they're going to pay for it, they're going to show up. I think having the smaller stadium obviously helps. You know, Demands I mean that up. would drive up ticket prices for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, but I just, I mean, it, it, like what, yeah. You're taking advantage of fucking coal miners, okay? As if black hey, lung wasn't they, enough. They can, now they got to pay all their fucking kids tuition just to go to see you lose. Hey, guess what, T. Guess what, T. Bob? They could say no and not buy it. You know what? If people don't show up, fucking maybe they'll lower the prices. And then number one on the list by pretty wide margin, the Oklahoma Sooners, two hundred and seventy-six dollars. Mm. Which, again, Norman. Hottest ticket in town. Secondly, yep. oil money. Okay. Now this does make sense. Okay. How are how is Brent Venables recruiting so well? Oil money. Why is it so mm-hmm. expensive? Oil money. So there it is. The 10 most expensive game day experiences. West Virginia. Fucking real. You say what say that Georgia really needs to get its crap together. Gambling. What are you talking about. Beers in the stadium. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, like no, we'll see what what the problem with see. So the funny thing about this, Aaron, is the problem with the state of Georgia is that economically y'all are a bit too successful. Because traditionally you only start to engage in sin taxes and like 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 sin regulations when you need money, right? So Louisiana needed the windfall of being able to tax gambling donors, uh, loves the windfall of being able to tax alcohol and, 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 and legalize marijuana and whatnot. Like if you're doing fine elsewhere, it's tougher, especially in the more traditional Bible Belt South to, uh, to, 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 to justify these sin based laws. So maybe like, you know, throw a little more corruption in your legislature, 
uh, lose some of that movie industry, some of the tech industry, get rid of some of the economic investment you have coming in from all over the country, and then yeah. you can get your gambling legalized. Um, I just want to gamble legally. That's all. That's all I ask Why? for. Just I'm your bookie, have... bro. No, I'm you suck. You. You're I'm shit. Here for you. You're the worst bookie there for was. I'm the West Virginia of bookies. Okay. Yeah. In that I'm expensive and I and I do suck. Um, that'll do it for today's snaps. Thank you to everybody hanging out with us. YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. The road to 2000 continues. The road to 100 reviews on iTunes continues. I haven't checked the Spotify reviews, but we will. But, you know, rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing it with your friends and family and your enemies. These are all ways that you can help grow the show. Aaron, what are you going to do this weekend? Go to the lake for a couple of days, and then we'll go to the beach on Sunday for the week. So... Get my tan on, baby. Play some golf. Nice. So next week is truly a vacation yeah. edition of Snaps. Yeah, vacation. T-Bob going to be on the West Coast. I'll be on the East Coast. Yeah. Beaching it oh. up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. LA? Uh, LA for you? Yeah. Uh, going to the boo. Going to Malibu. You mm. go stay with... Uh, you look like an Malibu. LA guy. You look like an LA guy. Hard to argue with this shirt on. Yeah, definitely hard to argue with this shirt. Obviously. Yeah, I don't think I'm as so well manicured enough to be an LA guy. Okay, I don't like how you said. Need you to pump the braids, old fuckboy fade man. I don't <laughs> trust you at all. I trust you less than I ever have before. Um, <laughs> huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, Paul Farrington, Pat Gunner, Adam Gracia, Danny Cardenas, The Volume, Colin Cowherd, and the biggest thank yous to you, whoever is hearing this and hanging out with us. We love you, and uh, we'll see you on Monday for a brand new episode of Snaps. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.